Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Finding someone who shares your values in today's culture isn't easy, and being single around the holidays isn't easy either. That's why Catholic Singles created a website and app where single Catholics can meet and get to know each other that focuses on values, activities, and interests. For over two decades, Catholic Singles has been fostering deep relationships because your faith matters. Start today at catholicsingles.com. That's catholicsingles.com. Ignatius Press is pleased to announce the first national book club created for Catholic schools. Ignatius Book Club for Catholic Schools was launched to support Catholic schools' dedication to forming the whole child, mind, body, and spirit. Ignatius Book Club for Schools partnered with leading publishers of children's literature to offer the best books and educational materials for all reading levels and interests. Head to ignatiusbookclub.com podcast and find wholesome books that delight, inspire, and enrich. Howdy, everybody. This is John Michael Talbot. Are you experiencing new life through the cross of Jesus Christ? We're going to be looking at that. I love you. All things are possible with God. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back. This is John Michael Talbot. We are going through a series on our love relationship with Jesus called The Lover and the Beloved. We've gone through four stages. We've gone through that initial attraction to Christ, that dialogue with good teaching regarding faith and morality. We've gone through that charismatic union, that ecstatic union with Jesus. We've gone through the contemplative life, that afterglow of just learning to be still and to be with He who is. We've talked about evangelization. But there's a fifth little stage. It's not even a stage. It's something that's infused into all the previous stages that makes it distinctly Christian, like Christ. That is the cross of Jesus Christ. See, the center, the reason Jesus was incarnated, the Word became flesh. He's on a divine rescue. God knew from eternity every struggle, Every trial, every tragedy, every tear, every, everything in our life. The tragedies, the triumphs, the tears, the laughter. He knew successes, failures. He knew our whole life from eternity. And he knew that we would need him today, right now. And Jesus came from eternity into the now, into the now, on a divine rescue for you and me. And the way he accomplished it was through dying and rising. He died on a cross for each one of us personally. And he rose to demonstrate the power, the victory of love over self-obsession and pride and hatred and war and conflict and all those terrible things we struggle with. See? So... Let's take a look at some of the scriptures and then we're going to apply them as they, as they kind of fold back in to the stages that we go through. 
John 15. Why is the cross so important? It's the expression, the ultimate expression of God's love for you and for me. No one has greater love than this, says Jesus, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is what Jesus did for each one of us personally. He lays down his life for each of us personally. Don't ever think you're unloved. That's blasphemy. Because Jesus is God's expression of love. His dying on the cross is his love for you and for me. Now, the cross, though, is not the logic of the world. It says in Matthew 16, Jesus says he's talking about how he's got to go and be rejected by the scribes and the Pharisees and the elders, and he's going to be crucified. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He says, God forbid, Lord, no such thing should ever happen to you. He turned to Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. See, our kind of our natural inclination is not, not to suffer, not to go and to find God in the midst of our tragedies, our challenges. We just want God to get rid of our tragedies, get rid of our challenges, get rid of our crosses. Jesus says, get behind me. If you're going to find real freedom, you learn how to find victory in your crosses. See, you don't have the crosses removed. You find them in your crosses. You find wealth in poverty, proclamation in silence. You find community, communio, even in solitude. Isn't that cool? You find joy even in the midst of life's sorrows. Now, this is necessary for discipleship. You can't really follow Jesus if you don't embrace those crosses. Jesus says to his disciples, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What's this all about? Well, the self we've settled for is not complete. We're incomplete and consequently we're frustrated. Then we get angry. Then we get unhappy. Do you ever feel like that? I do. I do. Guess what? You leave those old patterns behind through the cross and you get set free. Wow. Isn't that cool? We get set free. The other thing is, is the cross releases God's wisdom in our life. St. Paul says to the Corinthians, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, the dunamis, the dynamite. See, the Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are called Jews and Greeks alike, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And this happens through the cross. The cross is a key to having the fruit of the Spirit in your life. How do you get, get this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? How do you get that? Well, if you keep hanging on to your old self, you're not going to be patient. I'm not. You're not going to be gentle. I'm going to be cruel when I have to be. See, it is only, he says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us follow 
the lead of the Spirit. It is only through dying to the old self that the Holy Spirit really begins to work in our life and we begin to break through to the love, the joy, the peace, and all those other things we hunger for, that we long for, that can be ours. But they're not going to be ours if we hang on to the old self. It's like driving with the brakes on. So you got to let go. Well, first of all, let's go to the first stage. There is the cross in dialogue. There's, you have to embrace the discipline of a disciple, and you have to embrace the discipline of dialogue. You know, Jesus in Sirach says in Sirach 6.18, he says, From your youth embrace discipline, then you will find wisdom with graying hair. Oh, hello, I got a little gray hair to you. Put your feet into her fetters and your neck under her yoke. Stoop your shoulders, carry her weight, and don't be irked at her bonds. Thus you will afterwards find rest in her. She will become your joy. Her fetters will become your throne of majesty. This is so much like Jesus in Matthew 11, verse 28. He says, Come to me, all who labor and who are burdened. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. You will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, if you're going to learn to dialogue, if you're going to study good teaching regarding faith and morality, if you're going to study the way of the saints, the way of the mystics, it takes discipline. You have to set aside time. You have to read. You have to learn how to, to do Lexio Divina, to read, to pray, to study in an orderly way. I've been living this life for 30 some odd years. Every day I take time to do sacred reading so that I keep this discipline alive. And now, after this much time, the stuff that I've been reading and studying, I begin to live it and it begins to just come out of me. We also experience the discipline of the charismatic experience. Now this is brought out in the, in the whole notion of the stigmata, where, where Francis bore the sign, the, the, the marks of Christ, but this was prefigured in St. Paul. St. Paul says in Galatians 6, I bear the marks of Jesus on my body. My body. See, isn't that something? Francis saw a seraph with six fiery wings coming down from the highest point of heaven. He saw the seraph was nailed to a cross, although he had wings. Francis was dumbfounded at the sight, and his heart was flooded with a mixture of joy and sorrow. And as the vision disappeared, it left his heart ablaze with seraphic eagerness and marked his body with the likeness of the crucified. See, to experience the ecstatic union of the power of the Spirit in our life, you have to go to the cross. You have to go to the cross. You have to allow Jesus to pierce your heart, to be, as it were, stigmatized. So it says, what was bitter to his body was changed into sweetness. His start was stricken and wounded with melting love and compassion for the passion of Christ and for the rest of his life. He carried the wounds of Jesus Christ in his heart, in his soul, and in his body. So to experience the real power of the Holy Spirit, you got to let go of the old. As I said in the, in the presentation, you know, if accept becomes acceptable, you're limiting the work of God. I will say, I will do anything for you. All things are possible with God.
pass through the window Shine on my life as on a meadow Like the grass to be washed in the rays of the sun On the late summer's morning. Welcome back, everybody. This is John Michael Talbot. We're looking at the lover and the beloved and the role of the cross through the stages of dialogue, through teaching about faith and morality, charismatic union, to the charismatic dimension of our life. And now we're going to look at how the cross is prevalent and how it has to be in the midst of our contemplation. It's a cross, isn't it, to actually learn how to sit still, to learn the discipline of silence. The dis- you know, Abbot Pambo says he couldn't, in the desert, he couldn't shut up, so he put a rock in his mouth for three years. <laughs> that, I wonder if he took it out to eat. <laughs> so he had to be quiet. See, you have to learn how to still your body. Your body wants to move. Your mind wants to think. Your emotions want to be turbulent. It takes discipline. It takes the cross to be still. And there's some wonderful little readings about this. Um, It remains for the soul to transcend and go beyond not only the sensible world, but even its own self. In this going beyond, Christ is the way and the door. Christ is the leader and the conveyance, the propitiary placed over the ark of God. Whoever looks upon the propitiary and turns his face fully towards the crucified makes this passing over in the company of Christ. By the staff of the cross, he enters the Red Sea on his way out of Egypt to the desert. There he takes the hidden manna. And with Christ, he lies in the tomb, apparently dead to the world, but all the while experiencing in himself what was said on the cross to the robber who confessed Christ. Amen, I say to you this day, you will be with me in paradise. And he goes on to say, if this passing over into contemplation is to be perfect, all intellectual operations must be given up, and the sharp point of our desire must be transformed in him. Let us die then and pass over into the darkness. Let us silence every care, every craving, every dream. For Christ, with Christ crucified, Let us pass out of this world to the Father. So the contemplative life, you have to experience the cross. And that's the Franciscan teaching from St. Bonaventure about Francis. Well, the cross is also in daily life, in evangelization. I got news for it. I don't always want to get up and teach. I don't always want to get up and sing. I tell people at my missions when I go out to parishes all across the United States, I didn't necessarily want to be here today. It takes discipline to get up and to do it. And then once you start doing it, the anointing of the Spirit takes over, and you have a grand time. You have a lot of fun. See, I don't always want to do this TV show. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing these in-between live ministries. Sometimes I need to rest. But I come in here, I drag the body in here, and I start doing it, and then the Holy Spirit takes over, at least most of the time, and we get a good, good program done. So... Bonaventure wrote a book called The Six Wings of the Seraph. It's to leaders. I love this. First thing we need is patience. So this is the cross. The superior needs patience to cope with the ingratitude of those for whom he is laboring with such loving care. 
hardly ever satisfied. They always complained that they could treat them differently and better if only they wanted to. They distort most of what he does and misinterpret his commands. Hence, they bother him. Do you ever feel bothered by people in your ministry? Hello. They complain, they accuse, they criticize. They find cause for scandal in the very things by which he thought he was serving them. Hello. Hardly is he able to take any remedial step without his command or action displeasing or upsetting someone. Well, guess what? That's not just true for leaders. That's true for all of us. When we begin to bring Jesus and to, to, to give our testimony, our witness, the word is marturion in Greek, guess what? You're risking being rejected. Every time you step out to minister to somebody, you got to do it through the cross. He says there's a threefold shield. Let him answer every criticism humbly, maturely, and kindly, containing his ardor. Wow. Let him try to be peaceful, not taking revenge on personal affronts, and by bearing in his heart no hatred for the offenders. The only way you can do that is you bring the yourself to the cross, let it die. If I'm dead, when I'm criticized, I don't get offended. I love what the Buddhist monks say, don't offend and don't be offended. Whew. That second one is pretty tough, isn't it? Don't be offended. See, that happens when the old self dies. So third, he should be long-suffering. So that by the exhaustion of heavy work, the slowness of progress have no detrimental effect on his will or effort to do what is really needed for the faithful. Wow. The other thing, trials cleanse. Trials are good for you? Ay, 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 ay. It kind of beats all of the old ego, the old pride, gets it out of your soul. By such trials, the superior is cleansed of the dust of sin he gathers. Wow. The very number of the superior's duties is the occasion of many feelings of which he should cleanse himself in this world so as not to be morally severely punished in the next. Furthermore, while the superior is afflicted by these trials, he is saved from the swelling of pride. The loftiness of, his, of the superior's position, the extent of his freedom, the possible conceit over his good works, hello, would easily make him proud were it not for the adversity that bends the neck of his presumption and thus saves him from the abyss of pride. So trials are good for you. They kind of keep you in your place. I don't, I don't want to say that because as soon as I say it, it's going to happen to me. Ah! <laughs> and plus there's secret growth that happens. Listen to this. The superior's merit will increase not only with the glory he acquires by furthering good in himself and others, but also to the magnificent crown he receives for bearing adversities. Oftentimes, spiritual life becomes more intense without revealing its growth. His strength, and his strength and most, when it seems to be weakening. So sometimes, when, when you seem the weakest, you're gaining the strength. Do you remember that little... Poem, Footprints in the Sand. There's two sets of footprints, us and Jesus walking in the sand. Then suddenly there's just one set of footprints. And the guy asks, Lord, how come you left me alone on that sand? Out there, where'd you go? Jesus says, son, daughter, that's when I was carrying you. So sometimes in the midst of our trials, we don't know there's growth going on, but there's secret growth happening in our soul. And that happens when we do work for Jesus. See, isn't that amazing? Let's take a look at the perfect joy of St. Francis.
perfect joy. I'm not going to read the text to you. I'm just going to describe it for you. The perfect joy is he's, he's walking along. And he says, Brother Leo, where do you think perfect joy is? He says, it's not found when you preach to the multitudes and convert the multitudes. Perfect joy is not found when you teach and instruct people in the way of the faith. Perfect joy is not found when you're a great example, a saintly example. Perfect joy is not found in knowledge, of having great knowledge of God. Wow, it's not there. Those are all good things. We should be grateful that God does these things. But he says, perfect joy is not there. Wow. Leo goes, well, then where's perfect joy? Francis says to Leo, he says, perfect joy is when you've been out ministering and you come to the house of the brothers, the friars. By the way, friars are not chickens. Friars, it just means brother. So when you come to the house of the brothers and you knock on the door and you say, I've been out doing ministry and I'm really tired. I need to come in and rest. And the brother, you know, it's really cold. The brother comes and he says, I don't recognize you. You're not, one, you, you're not a Franciscan, are you? You're not one of the brothers. Go away. Go away. He comes back and he knocks again. He says, and the door opens. He says, not only go away, but I remember you. Why, you did this and this and this and this. And he gives you false accusation. It's not true. And then he comes back again when you knock a third time. And he comes out and he beat you up. And throws you out into a snowdrift in the cold. Francis says, if you can find joy in the midst of those things, now you have perfect joy. Because no matter what happens to you, you're going to be at peace, you're going to have joy in your heart, and you're going to give thanks to God. And your life is going to be positive, even in the midst of the negative. So this is true of all of our stages. Are we finding the cross today? I pray you do. And I pray that the cross is not a defeat, but a victory for you. Let's take a moment and pray. Jesus, as I experience your crosses in my life, help me not to shirk them, to run from them, but to embrace them, to go through them, to find your resurrection in our crosses, in your cross. Help us to find new life in you as we let go to the old and rise up a new creation in you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. If you prayed that, it's going to happen. I love you guys. All things are possible with God.
on things beyond me. In the quiet, I have stilled my soul like a child at rest on its mama's knee. I have stilled my soul within thee. So Israel, come and hope in your Lord. Do not set your on things far beyond you just come to the quiet come and still your soul like a child at rest on it Mama's knee, come and still your soul completely. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington. Home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com.